The Ask a CEO Show is brought to you by Lorraine Gregory Communications, an award-winning agency telling personal and brand stories for more than 30 years. From strategy to production and execution, they are a true full-service agency. Check them out today at LorraineGregory.com. Welcome, everyone, to the Ask a CEO Show. Ask a CEO interviews bring us inside the corner office and C-suite for discussions with top executives about their journey to leadership and the reality of running their companies today. Our host, Greg Demetrio, is the CEO of Lorraine Gregory Communications, an award-winning integrated marketing company. He is also the founder of gregscorneroffice.com, the home of the Ask a CEO interviews. Greg has been in the business for over 30 years. He is a resource to the media, an invited columnist and speaker on marketing and business topics. Over the years, Greg has talked to hundreds of CEOs and executives about what it took to make it to the corner office and what it is really like being the leader of their companies. And now he brings those conversations to you. Here's Greg now. Welcome, everybody, to Ask a CEO. I'm Greg Demetrio, the CEO of Lorraine Gregory Communications. The Ask a CEO show takes us behind the closed doors of the C-suite to find out what executives are really dealing with in their day-to-day operation of the companies that we put before you. Today, we have a very special guest, Dr. Ron Stair. He is the principal owner of Creative Plan Designs, which is an employee benefits consulting firm with over 47 years of experience in the actuarial, retirement, and third-party administrative arenas. Ron has an expert team of, of credentialed retirement consultants to serve clients nationwide. He's a frequent local and national speaker on topics relative to retirement plans and other employee benefit programs. He's testified before the U.S. House of Representatives Ways and Means Committee. He's recently been nominated to the Department of Labor ERISA Advisory Committee. He's a frequent guest on broadcast television and major cable outlets. Uh, he's now does seminars with other business experts, uh, advising business owners in managing their multidimensional aspects of their personal and professional financial lives. Ron's a firm believer in charity begins at home. So therefore, he, he allows his employees one paid day a month to go and do volunteer work. But he's also uh, out there himself in terms of being involved with nonprofits. He's on the board of the Long Island Music Hall of Fame. He's been on the board of PAWS, right? And he was uh, vice president of Hope for Youth for 19 years. Ron is a graduate of the Hartwick College. College of William and Mary, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, and New York University, and he holds degrees in mathematics, biophysics, and taxation. Wow. Welcome, Dr. Stair. Hi there. How are you? How are you holding I'm up? Talking right. to you. How much better could I be? <laughs> so maybe before we get into the questions and answers, you could tell us a little bit more about yourself and the company and why you actually started Creative Plan Designs. Well, you know, I graduated with a degree in mathematics and had four parts of the actuarial exam done when I finished my bachelor's and wasn't sure what to do. Went to work at an actuarial firm rather than student teach in grad school because I had no patience for teaching. And just try to utilize the, the background I had with no real guidance as to why I was doing it. 
I discovered my why actually about 10 years into it. Could uh, you explain what, what an actuarial really is? Well, actuaries in general are trained in managing risk. So most actuaries work for insurance companies. They design insurance contracts. Uh, then there are some that are in the financial side. The uh, Europe has used actuaries on the financial side far more uh, often than they do in the States. In my particular area is in the retirement side. Interesting. Retirement plans need to be certified by an enrolled actuary that they're funded properly. So you're the, you're the guy who makes the numbers work and make sense and be correct, yes? Well, correct is a good thing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. I, I describe to people that we turn numbers into ideas. There you go. That's excellent. So, all right, we're all operating under this coronavirus scenario. Your company has probably been affected just as much as the rest of us with the isolation and social distancing being, being forced upon us. How were you able to adjust and were you prepared to go to the remote working scenario? It's interesting. You know, about uh, 20 years ago, we won our first One Work Works Award. And during our acceptance speech, I said to the people, it's the first time I've seen my entire office in one place. Because we've always had flexible work time. So when this, when this thing hit in March, we were pretty well established that we were able to work remotely. Our, our systems were a little stressed because we weren't planning on, you know, 26 plus people working remotely at the same time. But IT took care of that in about a day and a half. And, uh, you know, between formats like this with Zoom, yeah. you know, we're meetings and we do what we have to do. Uh, so when, when, no, I want to say this. So your business is more focused on long range financial plans. In, in the retirement and pension area. When the, when the pandemic hit with such ferocity, did you have to change your process, your employees, or how you communicated with your clients? Yes and no. So essentially, one of the things that really make us different than most of the other firms is we have this incredible array of accumulated talent in the office. So we lost some of that interaction that we have one with one another. Uh, historically, I was a person that did management by walking around. Mm -hmm. I just have to gather people onto individual little Zoom calls. Mm -hmm. But either. the thing that I think that we did really better than a lot of the firms in our space is we didn't abandon anybody. When the pandemic hit, we had a staff meeting the first day, and I said, "Listen." Here are the clients that we've got to reach out to. Anybody that had a defined benefit plan, we need to talk to them about freezing them. Anybody that had a safe harbor 401k plan, we had to talk to them about suspending this and what the implications were. People were funding 2019's contribution with cash they have today, not sure where they're going to still be open in four months. So manage all of that process with them. So we pretty much were on the phone. Yeah, on, a, on a normal day, 10 to 12 hours with clients and their accountants and walking them through this process as to what it means. And quite frankly, we've been a little busy because we picked up a bunch of new clients because their existing people just ghosted them. Yeah, right. 
So that was interesting. Um, what do you mean? That they, they just were non-communicative or? Yeah, Klein, you know, small business people are concerned. They have no idea what's going on yeah. in terms of their business. When's the economy coming back? Not coming back. We're going to reopen. We're not going to reopen. Cash flow is a big concern. And we're just out there. And we find that a lot of people, when there is unpleasantries to deal with, they just hide. Really? Well, that's desperate because if you, if you, I'm trusting you to make sure my finances are in order, at least on the pension and the retirement side, and you're gone now. I mean, where's well, the thing about it? You know, business somebody, owner. Yeah. If you, at, if you look at your 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 life, you have th- three major assets in life: your business, your home, and your retirement plan. Yeah, exactly. So, and so what that was leading into my next question was because. You deal with things that are very complicated and, and necessary for us business people who have who've tried to build up some type of an asset base so we can retire. You know, so you deal with all of those things and complex human resource issues. And we as small business owners are very anxious about what the future holds, right? Now, we had plans in place prior to the pandemic. What happened to those? And, and how are you handling those conversations? Well, it really depends on the plan you have. I mean, unfortunately, most people set up their retirement plans and they put them on uh, autopilot. But plans are really living, breathing things, and they change constantly. Legislation is always changing. Your demographics are changing. Your cash flow is changing. Tax laws in general are changing. So plans should be revisited often. Really? So clients didn't have that impact because we're talking to them on average, twice a year anyway, some clients three or four times a year. Really? So that's what I was, that's what I was going to say next was that what most people don't know about their individual plans, either before, during, or after, or today's economic uh, downturn condition, what is it that they didn't really know, they didn't really understand or should know and understand about an existing retirement plan? Well, retirement plans are incredibly complicated because there's $29 trillion in it. Really the only cash we have in our society because it drives the banks and the stock market and everything else. And it's overregulated by a bunch of different governmental agencies. But people tend to think that I'm going to go to a big box provider, whether it's a payroll company or a mutual fund company, and get the advice I should have. And they really don't. What they end up getting was somebody who's trying to sell you rather than trying to sell you proper consulting. So that's the first disconnect. The second thing is they think I've hired somebody, whether it's a TPA or an attorney or my accountant's going to do it. Ultimately, the the buck stops with you as the business owner. So if you make bad choices in who you hire and you didn't vet your professionals properly, you're still on the hook. You know, I've talked to you many times about this, and there's clearly a difference in your mindset than many of the other professionals in your arena. And I think that comes probably with the longevity that you've had. Uh, not only the fact that you're one of the smartest people I ever met, but um, it's different. I mean, I've known, I've spoken to many people the ask CEO interviews and other ways about 
retirement and, and human resource issues. And, and I don't hear the same uh, repartee from them as I do from you. It's a, you. You take a different look at the whole market. Maybe you could explain just a little bit why Ron Stair, Dr. Ron Stair, is different. Well, you know, we're, my why is getting you to retirement. Interestingly enough, I had a conversation with somebody who I thought was very like-minded about uh, six or seven years ago about merging. And it kept halting and starting and halting and starting. And finally, I called it off. And the reason I called it off is his goal and his why, although he's an excellent actuary and runs a really good firm, his why was, I want to make as much money as I can make and build an empire. My why is to drag as many people to retirement as I can drag. <laughs> different why. Little why, a little different, yeah. But in that world, we have a bunch of very hungry government agencies. We have the U.S. Department of Labor. We have the IRS. We have Treasury. Surprisingly, IRS and Treasury don't have the same agenda, like the Marines and the Navy. We hmm. have the PBGC, which is like the FDIC of pensions. And then we have the various state and governmental agencies. Mm -hmm. And they all have different rules. And most people, their focus is on how much money am I going to make doing this? And they don't feel that long-term obligation. So part of what our clients get is a written guarantee. We guarantee our work. We make a mistake, I write a check. Mm -hmm. My staff knows I don't like writing checks, so they try to get it really right. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. We do guarantee it. Really? But we're in really? situations all the time where we're fixing mistakes because it gets caught in audit. And it's more likely to get caught in audit now than it was even five years ago because of electronic filing. Wow. So you've got, you've got a, a task at hand to keep up with all these different government organizations, agencies, regulations, and so forth. But I think one of the things I'd like to ask you right now is because the economy has entered into the recession status with a 20% contraction, what's that done in terms of adjusting your advice to clients? Well, it, again, it's created some uh, contradictions in the thought process. Um, First and foremost, unlike many people, because I don't care about the assets in a plan, I don't care about the employees either. I care about the employer. If the plan doesn't work for you as the business owner, then it really doesn't work for anybody. Interesting. Try to design a plan around what you want it to be. Does the contraction in the market have anything to do with, with how you go about that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, because people's mindsets have changed. So I, most of our clients are in the, there's a sociological group called the Grumpy Generation, <laughs> which is people who were born between 1962 and 1971. So you've got people that are in their late 40s to late 50s that have been cringed by they're the sandwich generation. They're taking care of their parents and they're taking care of their children. And they have no money for retirement. Mm. They're cranky and grumpy about this. And they're trying to figure out how to do it. And now they're going to try to do more with less. So plan design 
And how do you restructure the money that you may have been pushing to employees? How do you restructure it to push it to yourself? And sometimes it's not even just the plan design, it's coordination with the other tax aspects of your life. So in certain circumstances, because of different uh, internal revenue sections, my tax deduction is worth a dollar and 20 cents and not a dollar. But in other times, it's only worth 80 cents. Mm-hmm. You have to understand the, the implication and how it fits into the rest of your tax structure, your business structure, who else is on your payroll. I have people that say, I'm going to put my spouse on the payroll so he or she can get another you know, $20,000 in a 401k. Mm-hmm. And I say, you realize it's going to cost you another $4,000 in payroll taxes. Why don't we save that and just try to get you to have a higher contribution without that additional expense? Uh, there's a lot of moving parts in your world. There's a huh? lot of moving pieces. But it requires a human being and time to sit down with people and talk to them. Artificial intelligence will never replace real stupidity. <laughs> you remind me of an old cowboy friend of mine. He had more sayings like that than he had nickels in his pocket. So I appreciate that. So listen, so I've interviewed um, lots of CEOs now, especially under this COVID situation. And because of the work from home and the remote, several of them have found that they could make changes in their operation to make it fit the circumstance, but also that some of these changes might become permanent in their day-to-day operation. Did you experience anything like that? Yeah, we have. Um, The first thing I realized is I'm looking to hire three more people and I'm not going to need more office space. Exactly. Getting ready to talk to our landlord about that. Why would I do that? Yeah, I mean, that was one of the first things that came to my mind was look at all these these big fancy offices that are out there that have, you know, 100, 200 people in there and they're all empty now. So who's going to want to sign that big lease again for these palatial offices? It's going to change so many things that I don't think everybody's thought all the way through. There's going to be consequences all over the place. So you're a prime example. There you go. You need three more people. I don't need three more offices. Correct. Um, The interns are going to get hurt because if people are not walking around the office, nobody's there to babysit the interns. Yeah. 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 And that's, and that's a, that's an unfortunate side effect of this. Yeah. So, but the real positive thing is, is we discovered how our staff was working more hours in a day, more effectively because they weren't commuting. Mm -hmm. And we have made a decision to go to a four day work week. Right. Back to our life-work balance that we have in the office. And I said to them, we're going to do this until it doesn't work. Excellent. That's, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. We have, a, we have an early out on Fridays uh, so people can go and enjoy at least their Friday afternoon and extend their weekends. And I think employees need that. They need to know that we're looking out for them, that we're not just driving them and, and trying to get them to do more and more and more work so we can make more and more money. It's not about that. It's about life balance, like you said, and work balance. Life happens outside of work. And if you can't take partake in life, then what the hell, is, why are you working for? So that's a, that's a good thing. And I think more and more businesses are seeing that now, that they have to be more employee centric. So tell me a little bit about the culture that you have uh, in Creative Plan 
I mean, I know, I know some of your people and, and they're wonderful, but do you have like a, 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 cor- a corporate culture that you like to adhere to? You know, it's, it's hard to say whether it's a culture or not. We've um, always been built around the flexibility of the workforce. You know, years ago, I realized that third world countries would always be third world countries because they dismissed the value of women in the workplace and women in society. And most of our office is women. But women, as the matriarchal person in their household and the caregivers in their household, generally more so than men, even, even, though, even in the more enlightened world of today, women are still the primary caregivers. So we built our office around people's ability to take care of their family needs. Your kid's sick, stay home. You're not functioning anyway. Interesting. That's always been our, our basis of the way the office has been run going back 40 years. And isn't that interesting that now all of a sudden it's a mandate. If you're sick, stay home. So you're ahead of your time. <laughs> well, I didn't anticipate COVID, though. I would have been yeah. back differently. Yeah. So listen, so the country is clamoring to reopen. Citizen, business owners alike are getting very vocal about the need to get back to our lives. What's your take on reopening now? And do you see obstacles or even danger signs to that? I I think there's a certain amount of caution that still has to be exercised. Certain businesses do need to open. Um, It's it's going to be very interesting. We called on the first week of April. I said to my staff, we're not coming back in until the middle of June. Now I think it might not be until the 4th of July, Mm -hmm. the week after that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've told them they use their own caution, their own comfort level. Mm-hmm. Currently, one person a day goes into the office, opens mail, does the scanning, mm-hmm. machines that have to get rebooted, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, for the most part, we've only got six people in workstations. Everybody's in a private office. So we have the ability to somewhat quarantine it's inside the office and be remote from one another. And we're just going to play it by ear. Yeah. You know, it, it, it does take, take, it's going to take a certain amount of emotional, what do they call it now, uh, emotional intelligence and not be rash and be uh, thoughtful and cautious and appreciate that everybody has a different level of tolerance for different things. I mean, here at my office, we've been fortunate to have an essential designation and we've had some people come back in now. Today is the first day that I have most everybody here. And the mantra here is if you're in your office, you're okay. If you come out of the office, you can be with anybody, you have to wear your mask. And there's there's a hand sanitizers all over the place. Uh, And quite frankly, if people don't feel comfortable coming to work, that's fine. They can stay home. They can work remotely from home. Uh, and we've been able to manage that through. It's been difficult because we've had to adjust hours so we don't have the whole staff here at once. You know, it's kind of split, stagger them so that you don't have this, the body count, right? And and we've gotten to a point where we learned how to do this. Um, now we're waiting to see whether the business is going to come back to to the strength that it had. And I think that's my advice to to business owners now. 
is that looking forward, you have to look back first. You have to look back to where we were before the pandemic hit. The economy was good. It was full employment. You couldn't get good people, right? Business was happening. Plans were being made. We have to look at that and say, you know what? That's the goal for us to get back to. Otherwise, we'll never get back to it. We won't get back to it unless we're all in this together and we act smartly. So I appreciate everything that you said. Um, if there's any advice you'd like to give us before we, we close this down, I'd appreciate your thoughts. Well, you know, we send people to this, into space routinely. We do open heart surgery as a, as a matter of a routine type of an office visit kind of a thing. Uh, we're we're going to figure this out. Yeah, I think that's the truth. I think we're going to figure it out. We don't know what it's going to look like yet. But for those of us who have gone through some of the upheavals in the past, I think we learned a little bit. We cut, cut some notches on our belts. And, and we're going to rely on what we learned in those circumstances, 08, 09, 9-11, and so forth, to get us through this. I just hope that we all get through this healthy, that we get um, our families are healthy, that we get back to business, and we get back to what we think is normal. So, Ron, I thank you so much for, for being with me this morning. I thank you for what you do for, for the business community and the charities and nonprofits that you work with. So thank you very much for taking the time to be well, on. Thanks Ask for having us. You're welcome. And don't miss another Ask a CEO. You can, you can find us on gregscorneroffice.com and just sign up and we'll make sure you get all the interviews. So thank you very much and have a great day. Take care. Bye. That's a wrap on another Ask a CEO interview. We hope you enjoyed the talk. We'd love to hear from you. Visit gregscorneroffice.com, click the Ask a CEO tab, search your favorite listening app, or view on YouTube. Click the subscribe button. And don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook. Until next time, goodbye from Ask a CEO.